What you are about to hear is the Hashtag Cult Podcast. What is a Hashtag Cult? Hashtag Cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint. They use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show, we will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. Hello. Who the hell am I? Well, maybe I should shut up for once. Who the hell are you? Well, I'm Rachel Klachewski. I'm a sex and relationship therapist and educator. I've been working in my field for about 10 years and have been working to help people understand boundaries, relationships, their sexuality, sexual dysfunction. It kind of runs a bit of a gamut. This is a serial style podcast. It's it's sequential. Go back right now, listen to episode one, and then move forward. Um, we are making a podcast documentary about a group called MGTOW. MGTOW stands for... Rachel, you knew MGTOW, which was crazy. MG, MGTOW stands for... Yeah. Rachel? Men you, go their own way. Going their own way. And, and if you ever get it slightly wrong... They will tell you in the comments section. Uh, There's a cult. uh, And today we have what I think is our most important interview ever. I mentioned on here before uh, that there are people who get out of this. We are talking to um, a a guy. I'm not going to say his name because he he asked me not to. But uh, my my black opinion, he's a YouTuber. He's a young man in his uh, mid-20s who... uh, was questioning MGTOW. Um, he's black, that's hence his name. And he's now part of the X Red Pill Reddit. And I got to talk to him about his experience in, in watching this stuff. And me and Rachel are gonna go through his interview. I have yet to meet a trauma victim who didn't make some excuse for it not being as bad as other people. There's this mm-hmm. big downplaying that's what I and that's that's just yeah. from an experiential point of talking to to my partner or other people is they they're constantly like even as horrible as these things are they're like well someone else has to have had it worse and they're kind of like well it's just this it's just that it's like it sounds pretty bad you know and there's a clip later that I literally have written down Dianu like it would have been enough and like I kind of have that <laughs> attitude about which is a thing from Passover but it's like. Yeah. I, I kind of have this attitude that people feel like they have to prove that something's not okay. Uh, and you don't have to. If something's not yeah. okay, it's not okay. Right. I absolutely. Uh, there is definitely a lot of that. Like, I mean, you did mention it earlier when you said, like, it would have been easier had they just beat me because then people would just acknowledge that I'm in an abusive situation. Yeah. When it's emotional or, or psychological or even financial, 
you could get away with it. It's hard to prove. And our laws don't don't um, support any of that. <laughs> they don't help you with any of that. Yeah. And onto that, let's get let's get onto mm-hmm. to clip eleven, which is classic MGTOW misogyny. I just thought it it wasn't too bad. I just thought that I knew everything. I thought my mom was just using my dad for resources. And if my dad didn't have nothing, then they were just kind of split up or whatever. And, you know, after a while, I actually got into some relationships where it wasn't really like that. It was more just like we connected and we were just cool. We were just chill and she just liked me for me she didn't really care too much about and you know the funny thing is getting into these relationships with good girls like that's something that really opened my eyes to like and realizing that it's not necessarily female nature like every girl is different every girl has different criteria every girl behaves differently um and so I think being in those situations, being at home, thinking that I knew everything and that my mom was just using my dad for resources instead of just having a, a genuine connection with my dad, um, I, it just kind of turned sort of toxic during that time. Yeah. Do you, have you? Um... Yeah. It's as textbook as it gets. That is, and that was one of the really why I think this is the most important interview before we hear how Rachel felt about this clip, he is the prototypical right there. I didn't, you know, I didn't know them, so I made up all these opinions, and then I met some, and they were all right. <laughs> you know? Yep. It, it was, it's classic, uh, this problem. Also, we need to think of this developmentally. Hmm. At around 14, 15 years old, you start becoming aware of the fact that your parents aren't right about everything. and They're not the heroes that you might have thought they were when you were little. Hmm. Especially if you come from a home like he claimed was a decent home. I'm assuming that his parents were just regular, decent human beings, you know, with their flaws and all of that. But when you reach that age, you kind of get disillusioned. And that could be really traumatizing. So he said something interesting. He said, I thought I knew everything, Mm. which is so emblematic of that age. And so when you take the disillusionment of your parents and then you add a whole philosophy that, that, that defies what they instilled in you, it only emboldens that defiance. Right. It, it only makes it worse. And so, of course, he thought he knew everything because he was 14, 15 years old. Again, developmentally appropriate. You don't know this because you're old. You told me the wrong things. You know, you're not right. You harmed me by not telling me the truth. And that's essentially the right the the mindset of someone at that age. So it. Again, this is why it made so much sense to me when he said he was 14 when he got into it. It was it, it took all the crossroads, put them together, and, and centered it in this place. It's also interesting. Everything was set up for this. Because we're going to play the next clip about, about his parents knowing. But it's also interesting that, it, it, you know, 
there's a weird thing of, of in cults where you can form confirmation bias, right? And so mm-hmm. a lot of these these men or boys in a lot of cases, I really want to say that, are newly divorced, uh, single, or in this case, too young to, 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 to know any different. And it's fascinating right. to hear about him and what you're saying about 14 and being classic because, the, you know, this classic 14 – 14 year old thing because it's like every day if your home is stable you're going home every day to the idea that this thing of not living with women which is one of the things MGTOW believes and that everyone's being used you're going home every day to evidence against it every day you're going home and your parents are still together and they're still kind of happy so it's like where does where does the cult element come into that and how does and how does it fix that it's it's now you hearing the thing about 14. You lied to me. You're still why won't you tell me how it really is? You know? Mm-hmm. Like it, and that's how the confirmation bias forms is like every day coming home and being like uh, you know, the distance that 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 was forming. Uh, and we can play the next clip here, uh, clip number 12. It's you know, this this yep. this distance. I, I guess do they know about this thing that you've gone through? Maybe they're aware of the YouTube, but do they know that this is something that happened to you, this, this red pill thing. And how aware of it are they? <laughs> you know, my mom, she genuinely, I think she just brought it up for fun. Like the other day, she was just like, oh, are you still like a part of that movement or like whatever? And I was just like, nah, not really. She's just like, you go through a lot of phases and stuff like that. And I mean, I feel like a lot of people are going through phases a lot because there's so many groups like people are just trying to figure things out. We have a lot more knowledge on the internet and everything. Um, and I think one one thing that kind of ignited that too was that I was in a very toxic relationship mm-hmm. with somebody. Um, and I think that really, that really made me just trusting of a lot of different women as well. So I think there's a lot of different catalysts that could lead to um, red pill or MGTOW indoctrination. Yeah, when he says, like, his mother was aware that he's been through many phases, you know, and it started with this toxic relationship. Um, it, there's definitely a lot he doesn't say, mm-hmm. right, in, in this. And I think that some of this is him realizing that he was mean to his parents. Yeah. Like, how were they... How were they supposed to say that to him? So they said, you went through many phases. Like, to me, a phase is like, oh, one time I was into Eminem, and then after that, I was, like, way into Metallica. (laughs) That's a phase, right? (laughs) Like, uh, you know, clothing, that's a phase. Uh, But that moment that he, like, those moments, every time he interacted with his father like a beta and his mother like someone like a succubus basically yeah that that could not just be a phase i think that that was just the nicest way for her to say you were a dick to us (laughs) like there's no other way to describe this one of the fascinating things about hashtag cults and we we often talk about how they and, and this is emblematic of falling into describing our project in the 
eyes of other projects on the internet. But one of the things that we don't talk about with hashtag cult often, we've mentioned it before, but cults are big on secrecy. We had an interview with Sarah Steele from, from mm -hmm. Let's Talk About Sex. And her thing was like, cults are secret. And so I don't know if MGTOW is a cult because they're secret, because they're not secret. And my argument to her was they're in plain sight. It's hiding in plain sight. You don't have to, you, you're not going on their websites. So why do they have to hide from you? You think they're horrible. So you don't interact with them. They are, they are secret. You know, it's sort of like a, the pirate ships, you know, having like, you know, scary imagery on it. So you don't go inside, even if they're not doing anything mm -hmm. again. My, most of my knowledge comes from Looney Tunes cartoons. Did real pirates do that? I don't know. So, um, you know, so we talk about that secrecy a lot, about the secrecy of, hey, we're talking this hashtag on the internet and it's just a political group or it's just we're opinions or whatever, when in reality there's coercion. But there's also the element of the phone that is really a wonderfully secretive device that this kid can be sitting in his couch on his cell phone or on his laptop and instead of having to go to the commune, instead of having to go down to, you know, whatever center or the yoga class or whatever to, to be in this manipulative mm -hmm. group or the compound, he can just turn on his phone. Boom. He's there at the meeting. He's at, he's paying his dues. He's getting his red pill. He's being more indoctrinated in front of people. Mm -hmm. So and I also know this thing about, uh, 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 you know, all sorts of people in coercive relationships is you're reticent to say the full story. It needs to be kind of coaxed and encouraged to get out. So whether he's ever sat down and said what he said to me in the first part, which is, you know, yeah, it was a cult. I was happy you said you guys said it was a cult. I don't know whether he's ever said, mm -hmm. you know, that was an easy out, wasn't it? You know, it was a soft place to land, which is good. But, you know, it was like, oh, you go through a lot of phases. It's like, yeah, he's not going to then come yeah. out and be like, yeah, it was a cult. Oh, that, that's a cult. Yeah. And and again, getting that, that answer from him, maybe somewhere down the line I can re-interview him. But it was hard. You, like you said, he's not saying everything. The majority of what I cut out of this interview for the episode is me being like, okay, so like, can you say like, so, so like, I asked the question again, kind of like, okay, tell me like what happened yeah. in that instance and tell me, tell me what, it, and you know, it took like, you guys are hearing like a third or fourth answer if there's interpersonal details and keeping him relaxed was uh, fairly difficult, even though he's a very eloquent guy. When it came to those, those things, it was a little bit, a little bit pulling <laughs> teeth. Yeah. Yeah, it sounded like it. I could hear that there were some things that he really was very careful to communicate. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't quite know why, but um, I, I could guess. Um, but it was, I really wanted to keep him saying stuff. And <coughs> speaking of which, this is where we get into some of the harder stuff to pull out. Um, and mm -hmm. the reason this is going to be Rachel's first episode dealing with this stuff we're going to play clip number 13, yep. which is about his past relationships. During uh, when I found out like she was because she claimed that she was like ace or something or like okay. asexual or something like she didn't care about that or whatever. Like she didn't care about sex. Like she claimed that she was asexual, mm -hmm. but she turned out to be a sexual girl. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so she was she was sort of saying this thing to you. 
Yeah, she was just saying this thing to the world. She was pretty much just lying to the world. And it just, it it messed with me. It really messed with me. Like, yeah. hardcore. Because there's just a lot of really fucked up things that she did. And just the way that she treated me. It just, it just led me to just be really, really pissed off and just mad at the world. For do you, do you mind me asking? What you know that lying about your sexuality is is already weird enough. Yeah, that had to be terrible. But were there gaslighting things? Is was there you know? Are there any other examples? Just so we can get a picture of this relationship that because it. it the the ace thing I want to get to in a, in a in a, a second, but yeah, uh, what else was going on in the relationship? Okay, so first, she claimed that she was ace, so I was just like, okay, cool. Like, all right, you're ace, cool. I'll, I'll take you on that word when it comes to being ace. Then I found out that she was a sugar baby, so I was just like. Okay, that's really weird. And then she claimed, like, you know how girls claim, oh, yo, I only had one partner or something like that. I'm just like, okay, that's really weird. You were a sugar baby, but you only had one partner or something like that. That's really weird. Then she started just gaslighting me. There was just, like, really, there, there was a lot of gaslighting, lots of gaslighting. And then I find out, Gosh, this is terrible. This is horrendous. Some shit on the internet, okay? Some shit on the internet. I find some shit. She was just a hardcore just hoe. Like, was it pornography? Like, some shit like that. Like, she was just a hardcore, like, hoe. But she claimed that she was ace. She gaslit me like a motherfucker. Like, just really, really, really fucked up toxic behavior. So I was just... I feel like for a normal person, just in general, that's fucked. But when you already, like, went through MGTOW, and then when you went through, like, the red pill and stuff like that, it just increases it. Like, you just don't trust anybody. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I, I... So this was fascinating, this whole clip. Yeah. About is I had so much to say about this when I was listening. I was just like yelling back to the <laughs> I'm I interact with my media. That's I'm that person who yells at the TV screen uh, yeah. <laughs> when I'm watching stuff. So yeah, that was me. I'm like walking my dog and people definitely thought <laughs> I was having a conversation with somebody while I was yelling back at this. Let's go through the whole thing. Let's start with um, there's elements of uh, of, of uh, being lied to. I think that's one of the first things he says, if, if my notes are in order here, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, it's okay. This is a little difficult because it kind of like one thing leads to the next. Okay. It's possible he was lied to, right? I can't. I can't determine what she did, how true that is or not. What I can say is the evidence that he 
suggests that she lied is not actually evidence. Yeah. So this was, by the way, the said, cleanest version yeah. of it. Like, this is where I'm talking about cutting stuff out. This was like four or five tries in. Okay. So his ideas, right? So he said she lied about being ace, but he believed that she was ace. So asexuality, right? Um, and he also acknowledges that he is, you know, ace demi. Um, so so that that's his own, right? Like his own reality and how he perceives asexuality is part of why he's using certain bits of information as evidence that that was a lie, hmm. but it actually is not. So like he said, second, she was a sugar baby. So he's saying that being a sugar baby is in conflict with being ace. Mm-hmm. So first of all, not all sugar babies have sex with their sugar daddies. Yeah, I so actually thought that one. seemed like a very compatible thing because there's oftentimes right. not a lot of contact. It often is a um, like uh, phone-based, conversation-based yeah. thing. Absolutely. Um, and even if they did, again, th- they're doing it for their livelihood. So that we do have evidence that there are in-person sex workers who are asexual. They can physically have sex. They just don't have an erotic attachment to it. They could even find pleasure in sex, but it's not erotic to them. They just don't experience it the same way. Like imagine a really good massage, right? Like, yeah, it's possible. That's just the livelihood. Um, Then he said that she claimed, I use the words low body count. Um, you know, that he said that she had a low number of people that she had slept with. And he claims this because she's a sugar baby. So again, we've already acknowledged that sugar babies don't necessarily have sex with their sugar daddies. And so she she could have still had a low body count, right? Yeah. And then in the last one, he said all over the internet, he called her a hardcore hoe. And then he did like acknowledge like, hey, you know, like... Later on, he says, like, that's her business. But again, I don't know what that means. Like, even if she was legitimately, you know, like a cam girl or all of that, like, she could do that and still be asexual. None of this defies Mm -hmm. the asexuality. So what I'm seeing here is this was his idea of a relationship. And in that idea, it includes that he's entitled to fucking... She said that she's asexual, so that meant, okay, I'm going to respect that, but that meant that the fucking can't happen anywhere else and in any other way. So right? I, I perceived it slightly differently, just slightly, which is that okay. I perceived it exactly kind of the same way. A lot of what you're saying makes more of the connections that are helping me to explain it better, but essentially my interpretation was because he does reference a, a, a sex tape vaguely later um, – and again, this is we can ask him questions if he's more comfortable. But I assume that there was more scorning on the idea of not sex. That perhaps he, so the exact same thing you're saying, but perhaps he was saying, "I thought I was forming a relationship that would have limited sex with each other," and that the mm-hmm. idea that she was in other places you know, whatever that that's what, and this, my perspective on that is coming from hearing about asexuality and hearing about 
MGTOW using it as a tool, you know, MGTOW kind of claims that if you don't have sex, you'll be better. Um, and so it, I sort of saw it as I now this philosophy makes sense because I didn't want to have sex. And this girl saw my asexuality as a thing that she could um, take advantage of. And she could still have sex with other guys because that's what they're sort of – that's uh, cheating and affairs are kind of a big thing in in, um, mm-hmm. in, in, in MGTOW as well. So I saw – you, you connected the narrative in a really interesting way that makes a lot more sense to me that uh, that whole thing of like him forming his idea of it and what he's lied to and all those different things, which can still be traumatic, but it still just deals with confusion and not getting all the facts. Um, but I saw it as – just a slight twist to it, which is that perhaps he was under the impression that they weren't having sex because, and that's what made them compatible and that all women are like this to use a MGTOW term and that she just saw Mm -hmm. me as a target. So I I, I only saw a slight difference to it that he wasn't expecting fucking. In fact, he was upset about it. He was upset that it was happening outside of his purview. Um, Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Right. That like if the sex is going to happen, it's going to happen between us. But if it's happening outside of this, that's not acceptable. Right. And so she must have lied. Right. And, and you bring up an awesome point that only someone with your expertise could bring up, which is if someone becomes confused, their version of the story, though painful, is is not necessarily uh, the most trusted. Right. If he's saying that right. I was in the dark and I was lied to, which a lot of these guys say, well, then you might not get everything because you were in the dark and you were lied to. <laughs> so the, it, to, to come out of that and feel like you understand everything is a great way to take advantage of a, of a guy, right, And in, in terms of the cult mm-hmm. and put him in a position of being like, yeah, I got it because you didn't have the information. And I'll repeat this because it was the best advice anybody ever gave me on mental health, which is you are going to have a hard time understanding what's going on in you, right? So when someone talks to you or they're telling you something, yeah, it's going to be pretty hard for you to understand it because they might not know everything going inside of them. So then to take that complicated way of understanding the world and turn it into now I get it, well, of course you're going to like be fucked, you know? Of of course you're going to not get it. We have a little advertisement right in the middle of the show here. NordVPN.com. And I'm going to say that name a lot in the ad. You may be asking yourself, what is a VPN? What is NordVPN? Go to (laughs) NordVPN.com. This show is all about being a critical thinker and understanding stuff. And I have to say, as a company, I'm very impressed with... Someone's ability to know, hey, this might be a thing that you're interested in, but we're certain you don't understand what it is. For example, I did not know what a VPN was. Virtual private network. Heard the word VPN a million times in my life. Never thought to ask what VPN stood for. They really are NordVPN.com. It's a great place to make this decision on your own if you want a VPN, which does all this funky, groovy... I like the idea that if I say funky and groovy, right, like we have this ad and someone's going to listen to this show and hear the ad and they have to evaluate whether or not I'm the type of person 
You know, NordVPN listens to that. Do I say funky and groovy ironically? Ah, oh, I broke my New Year's resolution. I'm not, I'm trying not to say ironically incorrectly. That's not ironically. Uh, so I guess tongue in cheek. Um, <laughs> someone at NordVPN is hearing this and going, does this person say groovy in a legit, are they serious about saying groovy? I'm not, it's tongue in cheek. But it does all this groovy stuff to your IP address and there's privacy elements to it that are then created. Want to understand how it works? We are a show that's big on admitting when we're not experts. And I've got to say, NordVPN.com, go to their site. And it's a really good way to understand what a VPN is and like what it can do and what their VPN does. We have a vanity code, but guess what? If you want that vanity code, come to me and I'll give it to you. The real thing here is go to NordVPN.com. That's where they want you to go, NordVPN.com. That's a lot easier to remember. That's Nord, N-O-R-D, VPN. Now, those are just the letters, VPNN. So that's easy to remember. Obviously, our show has a lot to do with privacy on the internet, but obviously our show has a lot to do with when paranoia is justified and when paranoia is just paranoia. So go check it out. Go see what their product is. They're supporting the show, which is awesome. Uh, NordVPN.com. Now, if you can't remember it, here's how I do it. I think Nord, that's the first word, and I have a mnemonic for that. The first, the, um, I don't have a new, it's easy to remember. So just go to, you may be saying, is mnemonic the right word, Michael? Are you going to stop the ad and look up if mnemonic is maybe the thing that makes robots go on air power? Can I go to NordVPN, N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com and look it up? No, they don't have definitions of words that have homonyms. Now, is homonym the right word? Can I go to NordVPN and look up what a homonym is. Again, no. Just because it does an internet thing, just because they are a VPN service, virtual private network, I learned that at NordVPN.com, doesn't mean they do everything. For, I'll have to go to other websites to look up whether... New, new, now I, th I think pneumatic is the thing with robots. And I didn't make up a mnemonic. It sounds worse every time I say it. Didn't make up a mnemonic to remember NordVPN.com. I already forgot what the homonym, homonym may be the wrong word as well. I homophone is I think that anyway, none of this can be done at NordVPN.com. What you can do is go there and find out what a VPN is. Am I having too much fun with this ad? Only the advertisers will be able to know, but it's a good ad and you're listening to it and it's funnier than other ads. And that's what's important. Can I get ratings on how funny I am at NordVPN.com? Again, no! Stop asking me these questions. Go to their website, NordVPN.com. It can't, here's what NordVPN.com can't do. You can't look up words that you forgot. Can't learn about robots and pneumatic? I don't know. You can't look that up there. It's only about VPNs. Okay? <laughs> God, I'm sorry I yelled at you. Okay, let's get back to the show. NordVPN.com. For looking up which bird I just saw. Come on! That's not it! NordVPN.com for their VPN service. Virtual private network. 
I learned that at NordVPN.com. It's the illusion of control, yeah. right? To try to understand something that makes no sense to you. Yeah. And also, the, the thing that really stood out when you kept saying, like, they're claiming asexuality, I'm just like, celibacy is a word that you can use. You don't have to claim a sexual orientation. Yeah. <laughs> celibacy is a word. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's fascinating that, you know, they obviously use the word monk. That's a big thing they use in there. But it's, it's interesting that a lot of them don't really know about ace. And we have, uh, who I mentioned before, Justin Ham talks about, um, asexuality, which by the way, I'm going to, I never shout out shows. I never do this kind of podcast. You think, but he is asexual and he just started a podcast called this is video games where he plays erotic video games. And the majority of the fun is that they're bad video games, but there's also an element that makes it awesome because he's ace that he finds all of it very <laughs> unappealing and, and, and all these things. And he really is able to just play the bad video game and ignore the other parts of it. It's a, it's a fascinating show. Go watch it. But he, we did an interview with him to okay. talk about his journey and finding out about this stuff. And one of the things he said was like, I Googled vague terms. You know, I Googled vague stuff. I kind of knew the word asexuality, but I kind of Googled vague things about myself. And there's a real chance in hearing about this group that like I could have ended up on this website instead of the one I, I he he found this really nice loving website that explained the whole thing and explained like here's how I feel about this and you might feel this way and he read this person's like personal blog not something you know poised to be on the number one position on Google it was a personal blog it's like here's how I feel about this and I'm asexual and all this stuff and it was this nice blog and he was like I relate to all these things but he was a stone's breath away from finding you know the, the other site. And I think that to say, you know, celibacy is a word, the internet works based on the amount of words typed. So they're not using right. sex ace or they're not using celibacy. They're using vague terms that you might Google, you know, and that's how you end up at these. They're not thinking we're using the wrong words. They're forming their own cult. Their words are perfect because they get everything, <laughs> you know, everything's great. It's the right, of course it's the right, right. word. Cause I know it and I'm a genius. You know, that's how they're thinking. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> you want to try and correct them on these things. and You want to try and say these things. And it's uh, it's interesting when you do. Uh, John Sanmez comes to mind in which uh, he associated um, being a bottom as feminine. I don't think that they identify that way. Oh. And so it was interesting. Not necessarily. <laughs> yeah. And so it was interesting to, 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 to hear him using a maxim. And assuming no one will ask them questions about it, assuming that I wouldn't be like, no, <laughs> I don't think that's true right. 100% of the time. Uh, and uh, it is interesting to see someone respond uh, to that. Um, do you have more on this? I don't want to skip past this clip because there's a lot more. That was I, – I, I, you really strung it together better than I could. Oh, I, I'm glad that I was able to do that. <laughs> um no, I think that like ultimately, right, when we when we speak about this, it's it's hard because I I want to validate the pain, right? Like I'm listening to him and I want to be there and be like, "Wow, that sounds super intense." But at the same time, all I want to do is keep 
like questioning the premises that he's putting out there. And I'm guessing that he probably has an answer to each of them. Right? Like if I were to say like, hey, she could still have a low body count and be a sugar baby and be asexual. Did you know? And then he'll be like, well, I actually know, you know, like I'm sure he has answers to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't like, he also sounds like he doesn't want to talk about it, which is part of why I'm like, are we sure she was harmful to you? Mm-hmm. Are you now questioning that? Like, I don't want to create a gaslighting situation in him. But I'm wondering if he's questioning whether she was deceptive or not. That's what I think. Yeah. That's the page I'm on is, is, is that he's recognized all the confusion in his life and that he, 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 he doesn't know. But at the same time, you know, if you have no answers, you know, we all do this thing. You know, we all have some crappy interaction with someone at work or it's someone at the and you go, oh, I bet they're this and I bet they're that. Why did they yell at me like this? Why did they cut me off in traffic? Why mm-hmm. did they, oh, there's this, they're that type of person, that type of person. But most of us, we do that for 10 minutes. We do, you know, at most, or we bring it up later when retelling the story and we accept that we don't have all the answers. But if, right. if someone comes along during that turmoil, because I could see even if she's not lying about anything, he's clearly in some turmoil. If someone comes along and says, here's the answer. Well, that's that's how these guys get taken advantage of. That's how these boys and men get taken advantage of. As someone says, most of us can ex- expect the mysteries of the universe without making ancient aliens on the History Channel. We can just decide, well, someone will figure it out eventually. I'm not going to make something up whole cloth. We can, and this is where we test out our new friend. You don't believe in ancient aliens, do you? I don't. Okay, good. I don't know anything about aliens. It's not that I don't believe in them. Ooh. It's just I don't think about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, that's good. We're on the same. We're on the same page. It's you always have to remember, everyone. Stay safe. Ask your friends if they believe in ancient aliens. Um, so it, it's not as though he's. I don't believe in ancient aliens. I don't believe in aliens because there's never been proof of aliens. But anyway, um, the uh, the now there's an awkward silence here, Rachel. <laughs> You believe it? Oh, did I'm I listening. offend you with aliens? <laughs> you did not offend okay. me, um, but I, I've actually been kind of sitting with it, uh, with this interaction. You know, you know, like what we are thinking about in this, and if we're right, where he's in this place where he can't really talk about it because he's not sure anymore mm-hmm. what is real. I think that's the biggest damage of this cult yeah is that when you start realizing like when you start climbing out of it and you realize that a huge portion of your life whatever you spent on MGTOW and red pill and and the incel pages and the pickup artists and all of that all of that energy and all of that time had warped your sense of reality like you don't know anymore and now like yes now they're questioning everything right like he's questioning everything but i think like even questioning himself mm-hmm. like questioning his own memories questioning his own truth there's a and how he developed himself in that there's a cult term 
uh, that's used in economics a lot of time, which is called sunk cost. And a lot of times people in, in economy, it's that people don't get out of a bad investment or they put more money in a bad mm -hmm. investment because, well, I'm in so deep. And in cults, it's who am I? Who am I other than this thing? You know, who cares? Mm -hmm. the, the term that Chris Shelton and a lot of people have echoed is if it's a cult, yeah, great. You know, and that comes up in the intervention too. Whatever, I don't care. This is who I am. Um, and that sunk cost can be really hard to, to pull out of because at a certain point it's like, well, what am I if I'm, if I'm not this? And I think that, that that's, that's part of what we're getting into here is, is, is we can't know. And I don't know that he knows. And I'd like to think, considering how mature and aware he is, that he knows he doesn't know. Or else maybe trying to be respectful because he doesn't want to say bad stuff about women on the internet anymore. Um, that's mm -hmm. my optimistic view of the world. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that that's, that that's what it is. Yeah, and I agree with you that, that it turns, cults turn your whole perspective just boom, right on its head. And it's, it's, uh, it makes you th think, you know, what is, what is real entirely. And I know as a part of PTSD, you can remember things yes. in strange ways and, and, and disjointed. Not that you make things up, but you'll, you'll think, oh, well, this, this, this happened here. And, and you think about it, you go, no, wait. No, it didn't. That happened before this, you know, and like you, you, the, it's a disjointed kind of memory thing. And so I, 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 I agree with you that there's some sensitivity we should have to how he's dealing with the information, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely there. And, and I think that like, I just, you know, after the details, right. After I moved through the details myself, I kind of had to sit with the reality that, you know, if he was sitting in front of me, all I'd be worried about in reality is, are you okay mm -hmm. talking about this right now? Because you don't sound okay to me. Yeah. And on that same note of uh, sensitivity and making sense of things, um, confirmation bias, confirmation bias, confirmation bias in oh, clip yeah. number 14 here. And Jesus Christ. So you can imagine going through some shit like that. I think just even if they weren't in the Red Pill Forum, like they would probably be a very bitter fucking dude. Um, pretty much I didn't really trust anybody after that. I didn't, especially females. I just thought, because the Red Pill was saying they're all hoes, and they're all sluts and they 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 act like they're they act like they're nice and they act like they're cool but they're not that's just a cover up you know what i mean and so i'm thinking like okay i went through this situation maybe this kind of makes sense like maybe maybe this is all a cover up like maybe they are all just hoes like maybe every single girl it's just a hoe, bro. Like, maybe you can't, like, I didn't, I never wanted to be in a relationship again. Like, legitimately. After that situation. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I think that's really how it affected it. And then, watching MGTOW content, it just reinforced that I'm just never going to be in a relationship. So. Yes. Just across the yep. board confirmation bias. 
Yeah, and he he definitely says it. He says like MGTOW reinforced the concept that women are covering up their evilness, right? Like the like how awful they are. Um, like the red pill made sense, and MGTOW reinforced it. Like that's kind of how he um, phrased it, kind of framed it. Yeah. Uh, we had a uh, an interview with Rachel Alter, a friend of mine who works for March of Science, and she was saying something that um, we had butting heads on this issue because I, I I I felt as though there was more, you know, anti-vaxxers. She confirmed was a cult, as just another hashtag cult. Mm-hmm. But she um, she used a term which was took more subtlety for me to understand, coming from my perspective as it is a cult. And she said, um, "You can." Everything is the truth when you lie. You are like essentially was. Oh, she said it's so good. Maybe I'll drop the clip in. Uh, it, you can say anything if you lie about if you lie about everything. And so it's kind of like mm-hmm. um, if you if you're just gonna say that that you don't know something, right? Then it's of course gonna make sense. If you're gonna say that this is just you know. There's this secrecy. There's this conspiracy going on. Well, it will always make sense because there's there's no evidence, and that's why confirmation bias is great. Um, we see in people that that are MGTOW that do interact with women. You know, they're out in the world and things like that. They make stuff up whole cloth from nonsense going on. You know, things that are just uh, regular interactions, and they think there's a there's a conspiracy going on. So, you know, this idea that you know, oh, they are covering up their lies. It's perfect for a cult. How can you prove it? You know, it's why we follow conspiracies. How can you prove that it's wrong? And then when the stakes are so low to prove it, well, yeah, if you lie, if you'll lie about everything, you'll lie about anything, you know? So it's... Well, I mean, this is also the premise of, you know, institutionalized religion, isn't it? I mean, anything could be a cult at this point. Right? Like, prove God's existence. Oh, well, the whole point is faith. You're not supposed to be able to prove God's existence. Well, now you could say anything. (laughs) And literally, we've justified atrocities. Right. You know, through being able to say anything. And it's uh, it's crazy because one of the things that he says early on that we both were talking about that that we like, the, the clip of... Uh, you know, and you, uh, I'm going to use your words instead of his. Uh, people make religions out of everything. Um, mm-hmm. it, it has been difficult to explain to people that coercive relationships don't just happen. You know, we've sort of started to accept atheism as a thing that you can say. And so then that's kind of given a gateway to, to convince people more easily of religious type cults, right? Because you're kind of like, wow, some yeah. of the some of the principles of this on its core can be really harmful. So then it's pretty easy to say to people, oh, they believe this crazy religious thing. You're like, ah, everything's a cult. That's better than our thing where we go, no, they're coercing each other. They're making up all these things. It's, it's, it's cults can be anywhere. That's the name of the, the cartoon is they can be anywhere. They can be anything so long yes. as you start to buy into it. And more and more, you know, there's uh, – non-religious stuff really woven into it because it questions the norm. It's like, no, 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 this isn't your stuffy old religion. It's something new. It's a real solution. Uh. (laughs) Right. 
I mean, like, there's even a religious atheism in that, like, they are religiously atheist. Yeah. And it also seems cultish. Like, I mean, I told somebody I was a social constructivist. He said, that might as well be religion. And I was like, yeah, well, so is theoretical physics. But I don't hear you, like, saying shit about that. And this guy lost it. Yeah. He lost it. It's and and really at the at the bottom of it was uh, hardcore misogyny. Social constructivism comes from like feminist thought. Ooh, what's social constructivism? Feminist that was gonna be my question. But I was gonna get away oh, with pretending okay. like I knew it if you didn't bring it up again. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the belief that we create all of these concepts and constructs, gender, um, sexuality, okay. and like we have so many like concepts of this right like we have so many philosophies that go behind that and they say like we we create them in the context of the world that we're living in the fact that we create it doesn't mean that it doesn't have cost right like we've created the concept of race there's a huge cost and a real um impact to our creations but it's still our creation none of this is real we're gonna and need none to of do this has meaning. A whole side episode on this because I am beyond lost. This is crazy. This is already up, down, and sideways, and and really interesting in a lot of ways. So, yeah, let's put. Well, it, it battles the hard sciences. That's why a lot of men don't like it. <laughs> well, I don't know if I don't like it or like it. I'm very confused, um, and I and I I want to give it its okay. due. So let's put. A pause on it for now. And speaking of misogyny, mm-hmm. let's get into some workplace misogyny in clip 15. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Working with women. Um, during that time, you know, they talked about like how in the workplace, like you probably don't want to associate yourself with women too much because there could be allegations or like they could say something or like accuse you of something you know what I mean so I kind of stayed clear like maybe my my conversations would be very short with women Mm -hmm. if that made sense um if I needed to work with a woman you know I would work with a woman but I wouldn't really start too many conversations at all I wouldn't flirt with nobody I would just do what I need to do when it comes to the workplace when it came to relationships I did not want to be in a relationship with anybody uh just in general i just wanted to keep to myself and um yeah so for the workplace that's how it was for relationships that's how it was i didn't trust my own mother like there there was a lot of situations where i just i just didn't trust people especially when it came to that type of situation mm-hmm. so i mean this is where this yeah. dude just impresses, 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 and why I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt every single part of the way because it's like, wow, you just say it in a way that I hope, I hope every woman in the world hears this clip. I I, I honestly do to just hear someone say, yeah, I was a dick to women because I was indoctrinated and taken over by misogyny in an extreme way and they never will know it until they hear this clip. Like, I just hope everyone like it's in this investigation. It's been very hard to talk to people who care deeply 
you know, like me or like most normal people. And, but sometimes when they have a concentration and care deeply about feminist things and care deeply about the rights of women. And when we, we say to them sometimes like, hey, you know, yeah, it's that. But it's also that it's a cult and they're using that that misogyny to kind of push it towards cult. And they're expecting you not to question it because of misogyny. But that thing's a cult. And there's been lots of times on this show where we go. Yeah, but like, look at the cult element, not look past the misogyny for a second. And it's really shitty mm -hmm. sometimes to say. And so they have this clip where someone goes, I was an asshole because I thought women were shitty. It's like, it makes up for every other time where we've had to say, look past the misogyny. It's like, this is happening. It's a real thing. And someone's able to admit it on camera. It's one of my most prized clips in this entire investigation is to just hear someone say, I would talk shortly to them. I wouldn't interact with them. I try to avoid projects with them. It's like, boom. Mm -hmm. It was, it was amazing. When he said that, when he said that I had flashbacks of all of these men that I ever had to work with when I was working in an office that I remember distinctly being like, yo, I think this dude's a misogynist. And everybody's like, no, he's just shy and he's just, you know, weird. And it just I, I know that's confirmation bias, but he was that dude was definitely one of the first ones that popped into my head when he described how he interacted in the workplace. I was like, I had I had that series of dudes that treated me exactly like that. <laughs> it just like flashed through my mind. It, um, it, it was because. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's it's the validation like to you feel and and this is exactly the reverse of how MGTOW works, right? You feel validated <laughs> knowing that this person is outright telling you I did this. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my suspicions were real. <laughs> and I, I think about this all the time with um, not 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 just cults, but mental health. And it's like you and this goes back to the only real piece of advice I would ever give anyone, which is you don't know what's going on in somebody else. You know, you barely know what's going on in you. So they barely know what's going on in them. And you definitely don't know what's going on in them. And it's like, it mm -hmm. just is, is, is this thing of like, it, you can feel, cra you, you, you may never get the answer. You may never get the answer. And it, it feels good to hear that someone was going through. It's like, you know, it's like when the, the most common form of it is, is uh, I can think of Dr. Drew and the rehab and stuff. And you, we watch that show, right? And you're like, oh, that person's on it. And you're like, there's plenty of people who when they find out that someone actually, you know, you might not get that classic 12-step thing of someone showing up and being like, you know, I did this thing to you. I apologize. You may never get it. And so this was, I hope that other yeah. people have this same moment with this clip. Like, oh, I'm not fucking crazy. Like th that was happening and, and I'm not, I'm not out of my mind mm -hmm. trying to help this person. And I hope that maybe this clip of hearing like that might've happened to you in some other non-misogyny way where someone's in a cult, like happened to me with my friend or someone's going through a mental health crisis and you're never going to get the apology. <laughs> you're just going to have to trust no. that something's going on in them. If you or someone you know has experienced a hashtag cult, is trapped in a hashtag cult, or you have been affected by any group mentioned in this show, go to hashtag cult.org for resources or to get in touch with the show. We want to hear your story.